Welcome everybody to the Optimize You podcast, the place where we provide value to you to improve all things in order to help optimize your life, fitness, health, nutrition, and especially mindset. So today we got a great topic. I'm pumped. I'm excited. But first, let's talk to my man, Alex. How you doing, brother? What up, dude? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. Feeling feeling really good, man. I know we've been talking about meditations and that's just been just a life changer for me. I feel like over the past 11 days of doing these hour meditations, the people are probably sick of hearing from, from me about um, already. I've found more answers about my life than I have in you know years, right? And so I think that that's a, something that I've done for a while is meditations, but doing it on a level that's uncomfortable and gives me enough time to like actually really overcome myself every day and get out of my own head and get those thoughts calmed down has really allowed me to get those like breadcrumb trail of answers to really where my next steps are and where I feel like I can make a true impact in the world here going forward. Man, you've, you've inspired me to step my game up, my mental game. I thought I was pretty good at it. I thought it was really consistent. You know, it's something I do daily. Uh, and you and I had a conversation. You're like, man, I'm doing an hour. And you're like, I'm really diving in. It's, you know, it, it's easier for me to do consistently with five to 10 minutes. And don't get me wrong, it's better than nothing. But you and I talked about it's not enough to get past that uncomfortable feeling of sitting with yourself. You know, I, I'm so used to that five to 10 minute time frame that I noticed when I went past it today, even just a little bit. I was itching. I was like, oh man, I need to grab my phone. I need a distraction. It's uncomfortable. And those are the exact moments that are we need to take advantage of as people to be able to sit with ourselves, to find those answers that we've been looking for. And it's no reason uh, as to why some of that stuff was a little bit, you know, uh, not, not as clear as I wish it would be. It's because there's some friction there and I, and I felt it today. So I'm working on it. Uh, you've inspired me to do that dive a little deeper, brother. I'll say that for sure. I love it, dude. And yeah, it's, it's crazy what I've actually realized. So today was day 11 for me. And what I've realized is that the first three to four days were super uncomfortable. It felt like four hours, five hours that hour, right? It was super difficult to get past the point of my, to even get past the point of my, my thoughts circling, right? And just that crowded mind and, that day four was almost that like hiccup where I went to day five and stuff started to change where it was like 10, 15 minutes and it started to become easier to get past my mind. And then and mind you, even the course of the starting, like answers were coming to me, right? They're flowing to me mm -hmm. over the course of that time. But now it feels like it takes me a very short period of time to get my thoughts to calm down where the last three days, especially I've noticed that it's very quickly on, like within the first few minutes, even that I feel like I'm able to calm my thoughts down and relax. And so I think it's just something that it's like almost like a muscle that you work as you continue going. And, you know, I told you this yesterday, but I have no intentions of stopping this anytime, like really ever, you know, I'm sure there'll be times where maybe it's not as consistent. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, I, I think this, this is something just from the benefits I've seen of it from, just 11 days, I feel like it's something I have to continue doing for like almost like a lifetime type thing where, you know, it's just going to be an anchor, um, not an anchor maybe, but like just a staple in my, in my day where I just, I make the time for it no matter what I got going on. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, but how, how are you doing brother? I'm good, man. And and like I said, you're giving me that incentive to, to take my mindset game even deeper too, right? Cause you and I both know how, imperative it is it's not even like a 
supplemental thing that you do on occasion, like here and there. It's like you and I understand the benefits of how consistency plays into this role, specifically in regards to the mindset when it sets us up for success. For if we're if we're achieving or we're striving towards long term success, right? You can go on little streaks and little stints here and there, and like get away with not doing it, but. The people that are listening to like, what the heck are these guys talking about right now? We're talking about going in and deep diving with yourself, having conversations with yourself, figuring out what your desires are, what you truly want. So if you've had friction in the process at all, um, or you find yourself in lack or less than, um, or, or in negative thought and just kind of going about your day, day to day by the whim, shooting from the hip, hoping that today's going to be a good day, right? If that's you, that's, that's who we're talking to. Right. And so if the consistency isn't there, really being able to spend that uncomfortable time with yourself and figuring out what your true desires are, just literally seeking answers. I know I'm in that stage right now. I'm seeking some answers. So I got to spend some more time there. Um, it's great. It's, it's, it's something that I think is essential to part of the process of growth. If you want to do it long-term and sustainably, if you want something quick and you know, you're just like, I just want to, um, you know, have some quick wins just within the next week or two, like that, then we're not talking to you. Right. But we're talking about people who want ultimate sustainable change for the long run, man. I think it's, it's, it's an imperative part of the process for sure. But yeah, man, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing good. Um, I'm excited to talk about today's topic too, because this is a popular one. Um, we're going to dive into standards today. Uh, what standards mean to us, why they're important. You know, what, what do they mean to people who are listening, who may be in specific scenarios where they might be struggling, uh, the reason as to why they might be potentially struggling. And we can dive into that, man. So when, what comes to mind when you think about standards right off the top of the bat? Like if somebody's like, Okay, our topic today is on standards. That could be taken a lot of different ways, but to you, what, what do standards mean, man? Well, I think that when it comes to standards, I think it plays right into what we were talking about before, right? Where I, I was talking about I'm 11 straight days into meditating for an hour, right? Which is uncomfortable. But I also talked about how I don't plan on stopping that anytime soon. Like that's a part of my standards, right? I think it's, it comes down to like what you expect from yourself. And what you will no longer accept from yourself, right? That's kind of what I think of it when I think of standards is what do you expect and what will you no longer accept? Because those two things, they're very similar to each other. But I know Ed Milet talks about like, you show, you show me somebody's standards. I'll show them. I'll show you their life. Right. You, the standards allow you to get what you want out of life. And I know for me, I've had high standards my whole life. And I've had people tell me in the past at certain times that like your standards are way too high, right? Like uh, maybe you got too high standards, right? Maybe you're too competitive. And, you know, I bought into that narrative for, for too long. And then I had people that I trusted tell me like, fuck those people. <laughs> like he's like, like, don't yeah. listen to those fucking people. Like keep your yeah. standards. Like you, you want to have really high standards. It's just a matter of like, if you expect like these unreal, reasonable things from you on a daily basis, like you can chunk up standards, right? It's like, you want to have high standards for that end outcome and that product that you're bringing and that, and that way you're showing up on a daily basis. But you have to be realistic when it comes to the daily things that are going to get you there. And so that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when I think of, of standards. How about you, brother? <sighs> 
Yeah, that's dude. That's awesome. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is what is somebody willing to tolerate is the first thing that comes to mind. Like if you're thinking about the standards that you set for yourself, they're either there unintentionally, like, you know, subconsciously, whether you want them to be or not, or you're extremely intentional about them and you set them for yourself and you have extreme clarity on what they are. I think there's two different sides of it. So if you're somebody who you're like, man, I don't even know what my standards are for yourself. Trust me, you've set them for yourself with unknowingly, right? Just by default, they're going to be there, which means they're going to be there to the, to the degree at which you're willing to tolerate them. So if you find yourself like, man, you know, I set out, my goal was to work out four times a week and man, I'm lucky if I get one, maybe two during the week. That's a subconscious standard that you've set for yourself. It may have not been intentional and you may have ambitions of getting this. Let's jump to the outcome, right? The outcome would be, man, the result is I want to get four days in a week, right? Let's just call that a short-term outcome. Well, how do I get four days in a week? Like what's the standard I'm willing to commit to that I'm willing to tolerate on a day-to-day basis that is going to deliver that outcome of in this case, we're talking about four days a week. So if somebody isn't intentional with that standard that they're setting for themselves, I see that as either A, you don't care enough or B, the clarity isn't there. You're lacking the clarity and the, the decisiveness that you want to go towards that result. So again, using this four days as an example, if the standard for yourself is a fingers crossed approach, meaning like, man, I hope I get four days this week, but whatever gets thrown my way, whether it's work related, kids related, whatever, it's enough to throw me off your standards extremely low, right? So it's about setting that bar for yourself going, you know what? This is my non-negotiable. This is what I'm willing to commit to. If I'm not just saying I want to achieve four days a week, but I really truly want four days a week because I understand the health, the fitness, the longevity that it's going to provide me and how it's going to elevate my life. That's a different form of clarity versus somebody just going, oh, I think it would sound cool to work out four times a week. And now the degree to which you set your standards have much more weight versus somebody going, there's two totally different people there. Somebody who wants to work out four days a week, somebody who is absolutely going to work out four days a week because they see the benefits of it, the energy that they get from the increase in uh, hormones that they get, the endorphins that they're going to have, the higher energy levels that they're going to be able to distribute, to be able to play with their kids, to be able, you know what I mean? Like those are two totally different things. So I think if your result and your outcome is like very uh, let's say bland, (laughs) let's say boring. I think the degree to which somebody sets their standards are also going to be bland and very boring. And so it's no wonder if you find yourself setting out to go towards this goal or to this outcome, um, and your standards are very weak or they're built on a shaky foundation. I think it's very difficult to achieve the thing that you originally set out to do, uh, because it's just not that important to you. So I think the the first thing that comes to mind is what is somebody willing to tolerate or not tolerate? Um, and those for me provide an extremely clear vision on what somebody's standards are. Like to your point, like show me your standards, you, you'll see somebody's life. And I think that is true as can be like, you hit it right on the head with that one. So Ed said that one. Yeah. I think that's Ed. Um, yeah. I mean, Ed says so many good things that, oh man, if yeah. you don't watch Ed, my let's podcast, like you are missing out on some of the most fucking gold ever. Oh like, man. We could get Ed, my, Ed, my let's podcast sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> And this is sponsored by Ed Milet's podcast. <laughs> yeah. I got his Ed book Milet right here. Film. I mean, it's like, you know, I got all, all things highlighted and stuff. We're, we're big Ed Milet fans for sure. So, so um, big. But also, yeah. dude, like on the top of standards, when you were saying that, I wrote this down. 
standards aren't just what you do, right? And what you expect from yourself. It is how you do it, mm. right? I think that it's, it's how you do it. And that might even be more important. If you have standards that are, that are super fucking high and all you're doing is checking those boxes. Oh, I got that workout and my, my standard is four days a week but it's four days a week of half-ass workouts, <laughs> bullshit, yeah. right? Like that, that's bullshit. And so I think that it, you got to understand what's the intention behind this. Like that, I think that's more important. I'll take the guy who, uh, who gets two workouts in that are done with intention than, than the guy who, who does four workouts that are half-assed. Oh, 100%. And, and that's, I think, the, the big thing is if you have – I would hold that – ahead of anything. It's like, what, what are you doing? Not just what are your standards as far as like what you're doing, but like is the intention behind it. And so if you, if you ask yourself anything, like ask yourself, what am I doing? What am I expecting from myself? What am I tolerating from myself? What am I going to not? And then like the way you change it, which we can go into a little bit later is, is what, a, what am I no longer willing to accept? You know, cause you'll see the same shit, the same patterns are going to keep coming up in your life day in, day out, they're going to keep coming up. And a lot of times awareness is, is what is needed to really change this. And so before we go into that, though, I think that we should, we should touch on something else that I wrote down. How do you feel that identity plays in to standards? Oh, it's huge, dude. So I think if you, again, if you're not spending the time to figure out how you envision yourself specifically, this is huge too, because I think a lot of people will create surface level standards based on what they think they should do or what somebody else like envisions them doing, whether it's their family or their friends. Like if you've been, uh, you know, a stud athlete your whole life, we were talking about athletes yesterday. If you've been a stud athlete your whole life and your identity is, is wrapped up in that. And all of a sudden you have to make a career change and you have to shift and you haven't switched your identity yet. You're still associated with you being this stud athlete and that career may have come to an end. Your transition into the real world or doing your next adventure, if your identity is still associated with that athlete, is going to be a long road. It's going to be very tough. And until you make that transition and that shift, I know it took me a while. It was a gradual progression. It wasn't just like an overnight thing. And I'm sure it was the same for you too, dude. But like you remember a point in time where you did make that transition and then things started feeling a lot more seamless, a lot more congruent, a lot more fluid. And I, I look at it in terms of how compatible is your identity with where it is that you want to go. Um, if you're, you know, if you have a, a MacBook Pro and you, everything else is like Samsung and PC and like you're trying to plug everything and get in everything to work together, it's going to be very hard. But if you have all Apple, right, and everything's congruent, you can airdrop things like you can plug and play with everything. You can transfer stuff super easy everything's fluid, everything's congruent. So I think of it like that is if your identity and how you envision yourself and the result that you're going towards, the outcome that you're trying to desire will establish you, will allow you to establish rock solid standards for yourself with intention, with conviction. If you're just doing it because man, that goal count, that, that direction kind of sounds cool. And I think I should do it. You see this a lot too, with, with people coming out of college. I know I was one of them where it was like, man, maybe I should go, uh, you know, do something in sales or business because that's where people make a lot of money. Right. But I didn't see myself as that. It was just like, Oh, I, you know, that sounds cool. I should probably do that. I'm going to go that direction because it seems like the right thing to do. 
I don't see myself as that, right? I don't see, I don't identify as that. So that's going to be a long road for me. There's going to be some stuff that's conflicting. There's going to be a lot of friction in that process for me. And it's going to be more challenging than I anticipate versus if I transition into something that I'm like, man, that's who I am, right? If I go into the strength and conditioning world and I'm like, or in the personal training world or the, the personal fitness and health de development world, I'm like, oh, okay, I live and breathe and bleed that. Like that's who I identify as. That's somebody who I can feel congruent with. And now the standards and expectations that I set for myself are going to be with ultimate conviction versus just kind of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in the business world. I'm in sales. I should probably hit these numbers. It would be cool if I can make that income. Like, you know what I mean? Those are very surface level and you can grit and grind and white knuckle through that process. But man, if your identity is not aligned with that, it is going to make it extremely challenging. And that's just my personal opinion. But what do you think about that, man? How, how important is identity? I think that's really good. Everything that you said is, is spot on what I believe as well. And I think that identity comes before the standards, right? If you can rewire your identity and, and really become the person that you want and need to become to achieve whatever goals you're after. So it almost goes back to, to getting that clarity that you were talking about. What do you really want? What lights you on fire? What excites you? Um, what is the dream version of yourself look like, right? Like who do you really want to be? What kind of traits do you want to embody I love that. what kind of emotions do you want to feel on a regular basis? What kind of thoughts do you want to have? How do you want to show up into the room? How do you want people to describe you when you leave the room? Right. I, I think that a lot of this stuff plays in, like when you can get really clear on this stuff, then we start to get somewhere, right? Then we can start to model off of that and try to, I always tell people when it comes to identity, Define your dream version. You can use some of the questions I just used. You, you'll want to um, break your limiting beliefs. What I found through trial and error and through finally just deciding to buy a program that uh, helped me shift my identity is that limiting beliefs are a lot of times what stand in the way of us actually stepping into that dream version of ourselves. Right? It's these things. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to achieve this whatever that may be for you, then we need to go through the process of breaking those beliefs, which I'll outline here since we're on it. Um, for me, and I don't know what your process is for doing this, step one is awareness. And, and awareness allows us, when we have awareness of all of our limiting beliefs, all of the things holding us back, we create room and space to change. Now it's top of mind. And now we can go through the day and be more conscious. It almost brings it from that subconscious to that conscious state. And now we're walking around with the, the just the awareness that, oh, I'm doing it again. I'm doing, I'm sabotaging, you know, I have this belief that's coming up. I'm going down this, this, you know, road, you know, I'm just going down this new road again. Um, step two is acceptance. So I say acceptance because if I think of this belief of I'm not good enough, what do you feel? right? You feel different emotions. You feel emotions that a lot of people will say are negative or bad emotions. And so I want you to accept and be that safe, accepting place for all emotions, to feel all emotions. When you understand that no emotions are bad and you allow yourself to feel it, now we're starting to get somewhere. You'll, you create space for those emotions to leave. When we resist emotions, those emotions persist. They hang out on our front lawn. They ruin our life. They run, they have power over us. When we allow ourselves to feel them, we create space for them to leave. Step three, 
poke holes in whatever belief it is. So this is like finding evidence, right? What, what evidence is there out there of this belief? Like, you know, I like to use the example of somebody who has the belief that they don't follow through, right? If you have the belief that I'm not somebody who comes through, I'm not somebody who's clutch. Um, a lot of times I think those same people will have a lot of scenarios where they did come through, where they did follow through in, in different areas of their life. Maybe they're, maybe they're siloing one exact area. Maybe they're siloing one or two scenarios that came up and there's like 30, 40, 50 other scenarios where they came through. Right. And I think that's very common for people is that negativity bias of these few scenarios where they just, they just loom large in their mind. Cause like when we have something negative happen, it just has such a bigger space almost. It holds a lot more room in our mind. And so if you can start to find those scenarios and be like, you know what, if I do look at all of the evidence, there's a lot more evidence. Like most of the evidence is for me being a person that follows through. There's a few scenarios where I didn't. And so that leads us into step four, which is just being able to create a new belief that's actually based on the evidence, right? A lot of times the evidence is going to be in your favor. In this scenario, you're somebody who comes up in the clutch, right? And so now you can create that belief knowing that the evidence shows it in your life, right? And if the evidence doesn't show it, how can you commit to the evidence showing it? Like, how can you just be like, you know what? I'm going to change this belief and I'm going to start to become that person who comes through in the clutch and I'm going to create the evidence within my life that I am this person, right? And that step five is now wiring in that new identity. Like this isn't going to happen overnight, but now, now you have the new belief, remind yourself of that new belief and reframe it when you start going down that belief system of, I don't follow through because it might pop back in when you have something bad happen, when you have a mistake, when you have negative things happen you might start going back down that road, right? And so I think that this is the way that you reframe or that you break these limiting beliefs. And that leads me into step three when it comes to modeling. So once you've gone through the dream version of yourself, you've broken your limiting beliefs, now we can model based on that dream version. There's gonna be a lot less resistance there between us actually stepping into that dream version, that new identity. And modeling is just really asking yourself the question, what would the dream version of myself do in this scenario? And if you can start to do that, you'll see your standards shift pretty fucking quickly. Because when you can go back to the base level of your identity and how you view yourself, then guess what? Your standards follow pretty fucking easy. It's so funny you said that, man, because that's that's exactly what I do with my clients, right? So we, when we're if I, I find somebody's kind of spotty on their their standards for themselves, we go back, we realign, and we always talk about the badass version of themselves, right? Sometimes it's not them individually. Maybe they they have somebody that they look up to even more so than themselves. That's cool. It might be some somebody external. But nine times out of 10, we're looking at the badass version of them in the future and we're experiencing, we're walking in their shoes day to day, like right now in the present. And what you'll find is it they're able to navigate and make decisions a lot easier when they come to those crossroads of, oh, I'm going to go out to this social event and there's going to be all this food and I'm going to have no planning. And the decision is the, the decision making right there is going to be really challenging. I'm going to be frustrated with myself. I'm going to overeat and I'm going to feel guilty after where when they're at that crossroads, they could just pause for a second and go, okay, let me think about my outcome. What's the result that I'm going towards? Okay, let me make that fresh in my mind. What would the badass version of me do? The person that I'm working towards and I'm walking in their shoes each and every single day, they've obviously gone through this scenario way more times than myself. What did they do in this scenario? And boom, you'll have your answer right away. 
It may not be the answer that you feel totally good about and comfortable with, but you can go and do that thing and have that answer and have conviction with it that you're like, okay, this is the thing that I know is going to move the needle for me and go in the right direction. And when you can do that, man, you all of a sudden view this with a different identity. You're living in the identity that you're going towards. And you're, so I think people, instead of having that view that you and I are talking about, they have this separation view, right? Like this huge gap whether they're constantly attaching themselves to the emotions that you were talking about, whether they're the limiting beliefs and they're like, oh, I live that, that is me. Look at how far I am away from the badass version of me. Instead, and I think this is what you're saying too, and this is what I have my clients do, instead step into their shoes right now and be them, right? Feel them, experience them. What decisions do they make? It's funny, it's like it's like the WWJD bracelets that everybody had. I want everybody to wear their own. Like, what would badass Matt do, right? What would badass Alex do, right? And just look at your bracelet, right? And, and remind yourself when you're in those tough decisions, Oh yeah, they planned a little bit further ahead. I didn't do that today. So I can take that data with me and go into tomorrow and I can be a badass. I can be that badass version of myself because I did a little planning ahead. I've set that standard for myself because I'm becoming that person. I am that person. Just time hasn't caught up yet. Man, when you put yourself in that scenario, you'll see the decision making. Like to your point, like the standards and your identity becomes so much easier versus you being caught up in the moment, not having that visual kind of lens that you're looking through and you're just trying to make a tough decision in the, in the moment. That's really hard. I mean, you can, it's a 50, 50 chance. You could go, you can go one way and make a chance that you're going to regret and feel guilty about. Or if you get lucky on that day and, you know, emotions happen to be on your side, you might choose the one that's a little bit more beneficial for you, but it's like a crapshoot. It's up in the air versus having that lens that you're looking through, man, it makes things a lot easier, dude. I love that, man. And I think, you know, what would badass Matt do is, is a great, we could make those bracelets optimize you bracelet yeah. for everybody to wear. We have like a customizable last letter, like WWB, whatever your, your first name initial is and and then and then people can start to to really embody that and so i'll have to make that a note for for later so funny i have a client that messages me and she's like she has this super long acronym it's like i won't say her name her name starts with a c but she's like it'll be like ww M-F-B-A-C do. <laughs> like she's like motherfucking badass C do, you know, like, and so she's like, I, I literally thought of that and I embraced it. And immediately I knew the decision today. And I'm like, oh, man, dude, that, that makes me fired up. makes me pumped because that person will continue to win. They will keep winning regardless of how long their time frame is uh, because they, they choose to look through that lens. They choose to look through that I- identity. And, and I love that stuff. Well, what do you think this? I think we keep going down this route. Um, clearly people know the decisions they should be making, right? Yeah. Like people know, like if there's it, how many times have you done this? I know I've done it many times where it's like, I know what the dream version of Alex would do in this situation. And before I ask this question, though, I have another thought that, you know, make sure get clear as fuck on this version yourself, right? Like the clearer you are, the more clarity you have on this, the easier decisions are going to make. And if you do choose to model off somebody else, which is perfectly cool, like, I've used Ed Milet in the past as my model. Make sure you get clear on what they would do in a lot of situations and get clear on their traits and all of these different things. Cause like, if you don't know like all the thing and all everything about this person or everything you believe about this person and all those questions that I listed earlier, it's going to be very tough to, to make the right decisions and the decisions that you think are what 
the dream version or this person would make. And so that's what I wanted to touch on there. But like on this other thing that we're going down, just people clearly know what they're supposed to do, but they don't do it on a very regular basis. And I'm not dogging anybody. Like I've done it many, many times. I'm sure you have as well. What do you think are the big things that hold people back and how can we start to help everybody listening to this stop doing that or like, you know, start to make the first step in the right direction. I think a huge part of it comes down to belief in self and confidence in self. You know, there's this huge separation. If you choose to look at it this way, if you're in your current state, you're looking one, two, let's say three years down the road. And let's say that, let's give you the benefit of the doubt. That person can envision their future version, but it's so far from where they're currently at, it can be discouraging. So they're like, man, I don't know what that feels like to have a six pack. I've never had one. I don't know what that feels like to be able to lift certain weights in the gym. Like I could see it and I can envision it like what you're saying, but man, I've never been there before. So then your confidence in becoming that person each and every single day, despite you being able to visualize it, I think it hasn't come to actual fruition. And that's the problem is because we're very cause and effect, like cause and effect, right? Like uh, this has to happen and then that that will yield the outcome, right? And so when we look through that version of it, it's going to be very difficult. And I encourage people to use their imagination as much as they possibly can because guess what? Newsflash, our brain doesn't realize whether events were real or not when we imagine them. If you can imagine them in extreme detail, like if we were to go right now and this is I'm going to use a far-fetched example, but it's going to paint a picture. Hopefully it's like, if you were to envision somebody that's super close to you that, you know, got in some sort of horrific accident or, you know, something bad happened to them. And you thought about that enough, it would feel real. Like it would feel, you could, you could fake yourself out and be like, damn, that really happened. And of course you could snap out of it and go, okay, cool. I was, I was just dreaming that. Right. Or I was just thinking about it. But the cool part is, is that's how strong our mind is, is you can get yourself to feel as if that event is real. And that's what it takes. It, it takes that sort of uh, conviction in self, despite the thing not happening yet. I think the best way you can envision is think about it in, in as much detail as you possibly can. What does that body feel like? What do the compliments feel like that you're getting from other people? Are you able to just walk, take your shirt off and walk around with confidence? Um, you know, do you have a new source of energy that you're able to play with your kids now? Do you, do your kids look at you like a superhero? Does your spouse look at you like they just want to, you know, jump all over you, right? Like these are the sort of things that you should be thinking about in so much detail. Like, what does that feel like? What does it sound like when I hear the compliments? Like, and if you're not taking the time to envision that, man, again, you're going on a whim, right? And again, that it hasn't happened physically in the physical world, but if you think about it, and you can bring it to fruition and you like obsess over it to a certain point, I promise you those decisions will add up and they'll compound time and time again. When you put yourself in that person's shoes and you live them out and you make those decisions, even when it hasn't, and when time hasn't caught up yet, eventually it will, it's inevitable that it will. But just like things can be so true, you can also believe your doubt more than you believe you know, the, the self-belief and confidence, which can throw you off and can derail you, which is, again, it's easier said than done. But man, when you practice it and your mind's in the right spot, you can make things feel as if they've already happened before. And now you get the ball rolling, right? Now that snowball effect can go in the right direction. Self-belief starts to go up. You start to see little signs that you're like, oh man, I am on the right path. Like 
I was envisioning myself feeling and having a certain level of energy and I made decisions to fuel my body properly. And I'm actually feeling and getting a taste and glimpses of those things. My body feels great. Like I used to feel like shit. I was just living off fast food. I was eating fast food. Now I'm, I got rid of soda. I'm drinking water. What's that badass version of me do? Oh, they prioritize some whole foods in here and you start to feel it and you start to get momentum and then you start to build trust. And then you're like, okay, here this snowball goes. It's going in the right direction. Let me see what I'm capable of. Let me see how far I can take it. You can also be on the opposite side of the spectrum and just doubt the whole time and be stuck in the same spot. So it's really your choice. That's what I tell people is like, you know, if you, whether you believe it's true and it's going to work and you're going to step into those shoes every single day, you're absolutely right. And if you have doubt and confidence is low and uh, you, you don't believe in yourself, it's also going to snowball effect the other way too, really quick. And so we always have the choice. And so that's what I like to present to people is I'm never going to force somebody to do one thing or the other. It's to degree to what they want it. Um, but I'll be there to support them and lay that roadmap out for them every single time, man. What about you? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, yeah, first off, like just kind of digging into that, guys, we gave you the outline, right? Like define the dream badass version of yourself, break your limiting beliefs, start taking action, visualize the shit out of the actions that you'll take you know, model, model, visualize, model, visualize, go through the motion, stack wins and continue moving before you know it, that version is going to be second nature. And like we said, you know, this whole thing's about standards. The standards follow the identity. If you are the person, if you are that dream version, if you are living life as the badass version of Matt, you are going to have the standards of the badass version of Matt. They follow. So like, it's, it's kind of funny how that comes back to, identity and these things. And I think that another thing that, that people struggle with, you know, on top of the beliefs holding them back about themselves, about their ability to achieve the goals they're after, about the process, whatever they're doing, whatever they're trying to, to achieve is the people they surround themselves with. You know, I think that that's an easy, an easy way for people to struggle. You know, you get your friends, you get your family, you get peer pressure, you get all these things that pull away and make it a lot more difficult for you to live life as that dream version of yourself. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on some things that people can do if they're in that situation. They're like, you know what? I have this. I've done all these steps, Matt. Like I've, I've defined the dream version of myself. I've, I've started breaking my limiting beliefs one by one, going through those five steps. I've started to model. I'm doing 10 minutes of visualization every morning. I'm doing that, but I constantly come on all these, all my friends, all my family, they don't get it. They're not on board. They're not doing the same things as me. Like, what can I do to get past this roadblock and start actually living this life that I want to? Great question. I think the first thing is to self-assess and monitor your weed garden your mental weed garden, right? So if you're in a position where everybody has clutter and lacks clarity at some point in time, the people that have better clarity and more conviction in their process have done some mental gardening. And the thing is, is what I mean by that is there's going to be weeds that are planted in your mind that are not going to serve you, that if you are not diligent in your process and taking the time to tend your garden and pull those weeds out, those limiting beliefs, those negative people, that environment that doesn't serve you. I'll tell you what, by hanging out by people that are not the best for you or not conducive towards the direction that you're going, guess what they're doing? They're planting more weeds in your mental garden. So it's on you to be able to tend your garden, be extremely protective of it. It's nobody else's but yours. 
And if you're diligent in that process and you're very good at killing off the weeds and pulling them out from the roots and getting rid of them, you're going to have a, you're going to have 10 times easier process and road to go down versus when your whole garden is filled with weeds, it's going to be very hard to navigate. It's very tough. So I always tell people that is, is monitor your mental garden. What state is your garden in? When's the last time you pulled some weeds out of your garden? Maybe it's just overgrown. You can't even see the ground anymore, right? You got weeds everywhere. It's a great opportunity to get some clarity again, reestablish your identity. Because look, by default, if you don't pull the weeds, they continue to grow. So whether you're in the wrong environment, whether you're around the wrong people, again, that aren't conducive towards the direction that you're going, it makes it very tough. It makes it very difficult. So I would say monitor your mental garden. That's the best way I can put it into a picture and hopefully make it visual for people. Um, but constantly be pulling those weeds. It's like, it's not like all of a sudden I do this every year in my backyard. I pull the weeds and guess what? They grow back, right? <laughs> like, so it's just because I pulled the weeds in the, in the gardens perfect in the back right now for the summer, guess what? They're coming right back eventually. So the better I'm on top of it, the better I'm spraying, uh, water and vinegar, right? To like, to kill these things off, the less likely they're going to come back with more strength. Now, if I don't tend it for a while, they start to grow together. They start to get really rowdy. They start to get really big. And now it's, now it's crowded back there, right? So I would say tend your mental garden, make sure you're doing the things necessary to be able to have that kind of clarity and you'll feel things more aligned if you do so. What about you, man? That's good shit, man. Yeah. Getting that clarity, just really understanding what you want. If it goes back, a lot of that goes back to clarity. I think a lot of the stuff we talk about goes back to clarity where it's the first step to anything. If you know what you want, it's important to you, it excites you. You wake up every morning and you're like, fuck yes. Like I'm going to go get this. It doesn't really matter what people do or say, right? I'm sure anybody's had this in some area of their life, right? Where they've been, <laughs> you see it with people, a lot of times not to get political, but you see it with people on like whatever crazy side of the political spectrum they're on, right? Like they don't even listen to what the other fucking side has to say. Like they are not listening at all, right? And and it, it doesn't matter if you're left or right. Like these people that are way on, the, on that side, which I think are insane first off, um, they, they, they don't listen at all. And that's kind of what you have to get to when it comes to your goals, right? Is like having a select like people that you trust that you listen to, right? That's the, you got to have like a select few, a very close knit group of people that you listen to on a regular basis. And you take advice from, because if you listen to everybody, you ain't going to get nowhere. But if you become that person on the far left or far right, that doesn't even fucking listen to anything from the other side, then you're starting to get somewhere when it comes to your goals, because that's what you have to be like. If you really want to achieve something, you can't really take a lot of advice on it. You got to be like, you know what? I've taken the time. I've gotten clear on this. I know exactly who I want to be. And there's not going to be anything out there that's going to stop me. Now, maybe there's going to be roadblocks and road bumps and different things where I have resistance. I have friction and I slow down. I slow down. I look for answers. I figure out I'll maybe a little twist here and try to get where I'm back in the current and I'm going down the river, kind of like what you talk about. But I think that that's, that's what comes to mind for me is like, be, be that person on the really far left or right that has like very few people on their own side that they listen to and, uh, you know, take, take whatever anybody else says or what anybody else offers you or, you know, these different things that people that are really 
they really are pissed off because they can't do the stuff you're doing, right? That's that's kind of a lot of times what it comes down to. People that constantly peer pressure, like I was a big peer pressure person when it came to alcohol. And that was in the midst of my struggles, right? I was trying to get other people to drink in the high quantities that I was because I didn't feel good about doing it by myself. A lot of times that's what happens with people with food and, and alcohol and different things is they don't feel good about the discipline that they have. And so they're pushing on you and trying to to get you to come on board so that they don't feel as bad about the decisions they're making. So just keep that in mind as you move forward. Yeah, that's a great point. And you got to remember that it's not selfish of you taking care of your health and care, taking care of your body and prioritizing you. It's self-love. And you have to make that that mental mind shift. And the, the fact that you think that you're being selfish in the process, you're being selfish by listening to other people that don't have your best in mind or doing things that you think will make other people happy. With this process, you do have to be extremely selfish. And when you do that, you are displaying the best form of self-love that you possibly can, which in turn, it's funny how it works. When you take care of yourself and you prioritize yourself, you actually give everybody else and everything additional that you external that you care about will thrive in addition to that. Right? I think people think it's the other way around. Well, I want to give more to my family and I want to be around for them. And I saw a quote the other day. It was like, I would die for them. It's like, yeah, would you take care of your health for them so that you're around longer for them? Would you prioritize you and how, how well you take care of your body so that you can extend the longevity of your life and quality of your life to be able to spend with them? I understand that you would die for them, right? I understand that. But would you live for them? Would you get healthy for them? And so when you can make that shift, man, the gates start to open up for you. It starts to click. It starts to make sense when you no longer associate you taking care of yourself with being selfish, right? I think selfish has a bad connotation. So you can switch that to self-love because it's one of the best forms, if not the best form of self-love that you can possibly do for yourself. So good, man. Yeah. Would you die for yourself? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah family, you can ask yourself that. Yeah. You're the only person that you have to live with on a regular basis. Yet most people have a terrible relationship with themselves and they hate themselves and they don't trust themselves because they haven't built confidence. And so I think a lot of this stuff, it's, it's like, God, it's so interesting. Right. I think that all you said there is like, you know, people, they, they put everybody else first, which is cool. And it seems good on the surface, but by doing that, you're putting yourself last, which is actually taking away from everybody else in your life. All the people you love, you say that you're doing these things for. Well, if you put yourself, your own self-care on, on the same level or on a higher level than that, then you'd be, you probably have more time, more bandwidth, more energy to actually take care of these people that you say you're taking care of in a better way than you are currently. So I think that that's a great thing. And fuck, man. This episode is so good. I, I, I think that this was really, really good. I, I, uh, I, do you have anything else to add on this? I'm, I mean, the only other thing I, I can think of on this is just, I mean, I'm sure we keep talking about different things, but is, is just to make sure that people like commit to keeping the promises, right? Think about the identity stuff we talked about. I think that's the base level of all of this. If we can change that, it makes the standards easier. Um, if you just go to try to change your standards and you haven't fixed a lot of the stuff we talked about, like the mental weed garden that you're talking about, Matt, the limiting beliefs, all these things, you're, you're going to constantly fall back into those old standards, those old patterns. It's going to constantly bring you back down. Um, but if you can do that, that work, and then you can just commit that you're going to just, you're going to keep those promises. You'll continue, continue building momentum. You'll continue building confidence. 
and you'll continue upping that version of yourself that you are and consistently every day taking one step towards your true potential, right? That ever eluding true potential, best version of yourself that I think we all should be after on a regular basis. Like you really set the tone and you really allow yourself to, to make those strides. A hundred percent, man. And it's just like it can snowball effect in the opposite direction and you feel unmotivated and you feel like the, all the odds are stacked against you right now. If you do what Alex has just talked about right there and keeping promises and commitment to yourself, identifying that badass version of you, stepping into their shoes each and every single day, make this decision making a lot easier on yourself, regardless of how you feel emotionally, but you know it's the right thing to do that you'll thank yourself for later. The outcome is going to be so awesome. And I guarantee you're going to thank yourself for it at some point in time. You may not see it in the moment, but man, when you can keep promises to yourself, you talk about momentum, you talk about the motivation that you may be lacking or missing. That's how you build it. You build it from action. You build it from doing. You build it from keeping promises to yourself and you'll be happy that you did. Hell yeah, dude. This is fun. This is fun. Hopefully <laughs> this, this is fun. helpful. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. As always, man, this is, this is one of my highlights of my week coming on here talking with you, jamming on different topics. And guys, hopefully you enjoyed this. We appreciate you listening, watching every week. It really helps us get the message out to more people. You know, if you share it, if you like, subscribe, make sure you don't miss episodes coming up. Um, if you have topics you want us to, to do a podcast on, let us know. Like we are open to doing that. If you have questions, pop them in the comments on YouTube. Um, send us a message on IG. I'm Alex Wojo Nutrition. You're fit with me. He's fit with Matt, right? And you're fit with Matt um, on IG. Send us a message um, because we want to make sure we're doing stuff that helps you. We love talking about all things, health, fitness, mindset, identity, uh, all these different things, helping you strive towards your own true full potential. And uh, we appreciate you watching, listening every week. Um, it's It's awesome. You know, I can't believe we just popped over 60 episodes. I think this one's 63. And it's crazy to just think where we've come. And, I, you know, we've been getting so much better at this, Matt. And, and uh, it's it's so fun to do this on a daily basis. It's a pleasure, man. And I'm grateful for it, too. Absolutely. In any way we can impact and add value to other people. And, hey, in the process by you and I doing this, too, I'm taking – you guys better believe I'm taking notes for myself here, too, right? Because Alex will shoot from a different perspective. It's something I quite wasn't thinking of. And I encourage everybody to do the same. The second you think you know it all, right, that's the second you stop your progress and your growth. So, yeah, man, it's an honor. I get super excited for it. I learn something every time we do it just by conversating and uh, excited for the next one. Likewise, dude. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening, and we'll be talking to you soon.